So my book is sold out. I got an email from the warehouse that said, we're out of your book. Do you want to send more? And I said, I don't have any more. And he said, well, do you want to publish some more? And I said, no, because I think you get to a point where you go, well, do I want to publish 500 more? And then they'll sit in the warehouse because they'll only sell three. So if you got the book, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that. If you don't have the book, that's what the whole podcast is based on. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Um, and you can get the Kindle version. By the way, I got some news for you at the end of this podcast that I want to share with you. But right now, let me introduce what's going on. Uh, we're doing a series of talks with radio people. And uh, I'm talking to radio people from around the business that have been doing it for a while, that have seen a lot of crazy stuff. And the radio business is full of crazy stories, probably more so than a lot of other businesses aside from music and uh, the arts and theater and you know movies and TV. So radio's got its crazy stories. This week, we're going to talk to a friend of mine who's been doing it for a long time to share some stories. This week on the podcast, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. We are doing a series on the podcast for the next couple of weeks. As long as this goes, who knows, it might go for months and months, I'm not really sure. Um, because I've been telling some radio war stories on the podcast in the past, and people who listen to it, like you, have said, Dave, you know what, that's really cool, because as somebody who listens to the radio, we don't know some of the crazy stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And in radio, probably more than banking or architecture, there's some crazy stuff that goes on. So last week, I talked to a friend of mine, John Lastman, from here in the Twin Cities. And I thought, let's expand our reach a little bit. Let's go nationwide. So I started thinking about who do I know that's been in the business for a long time, that's kind of seen it all and ridden it out, and they're still doing really well, that type of thing. So got a hold of a friend of mine that I've known for years and years, been in the business for probably longer than I have, Steve Harmon. Hello, Steve. Thanks for being on the podcast. I think they call us lifers. We are lifers. You know, I had a friend tell me that one time when I left for Las Vegas. He said, you're a lifer. And I yeah. was 21 years old, and I didn't really know what he meant by lifer. I said, does anybody do this their entire life? How long have you been in the business, Steve? When did you start? Uh, how old were you? And where did you uh, start? Uh, 16. This is all I've ever done. Um, I started at 16 on Long Island. I would show up. The radio station was around the corner from my house, and I would show up. And, of course, I didn't know what I was doing, but the guy would have me get his liquor and lunch. And, <laughs> and he was really cool about it. And then I went off to college and... I really went off because I wanted to be a recording engineer, you know, like the guys that did Zeppelin and stuff. Yeah. I wanted to be that guy. But then I started hanging out with the radio guys at the college radio station and they were having so much fun and I'm learning math and they're just cussing and drinking. I thought I'm hanging with them. That's a whole lot more fun than math. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> It was, but so and that's, in, I never stopped. And in the course of your career, from your first job, hanging out and getting liquor and lunch for the radio for the DJs, to yeah. what are you what are you doing today, Steve? Uh, I have a couple of things. I do a, a nationwide show for Westwood One, a morning country show because I've been in country mostly. I've done some rock and some top forty with some good people, but basically my gist is country music. I really love it, and so I do a nationwide show for Westwood One um, out of Dallas. So you're all over the country then. You're on, you know, everywhere from Billings, Montana to Montgomery, Alabama and everywhere in between kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm on so many stations, they won't tell me the list because they're afraid 
they might try to get a hold of me. <laughs> well, yeah, that, and they might you might ask for more money when you find out you're on communication. <laughs> Don't I, tell Steve how important he is, or he'll want to raise. You ever run into you, you may where, be right. You ever run into things, Steve, in radio, and I get this once in a while. They're like, "Well, you work four hours a day. Do you have a part time job somewhere to make ends meet?" You've heard that before. I only hear that. It's impossible for people to understand that you spend 20 hours a day worrying about that four and coming up with stuff for that four. And then as soon as you're done with that four, that clock starts ticking again. I mean, it's like your stomach turns, oh my gosh, I got to do the same thing tomorrow. But after a while, I'm sure you call it a lifestyle. You don't really know how to do anything else. I know I can't. I don't know what I would do. You know, I I don't either. And it is, that's a great word for it, Steve. It's a lifestyle because I, um, you know, I used to carry around a little notepad in my pocket to write down ideas. <laughs> then it became one of those magical digital recorders that came out about 1998 that was about the size of a pack of cigarettes that you would carry around. And now I've got an app on my watch. So if I come up with an idea, I tap my watch and I can read my idea into my watch because we're always coming up with stuff for the show. I, I do that now. I text myself. I email myself. I call myself. There's if Because the second you don't, you're going to lose it. There's a, a long time ago I learned I'm so cocky. I think I might remember, and then I won't. I will not yes. remember. No, you're so right. I'll, I'll be like, if I don't write it down or I'll be driving in the car with my wife and I'll say, text me the word flamethrower. <laughs> what? Why? Why am I texting you flamethrower? Oh, because I got a great idea, but we need a flamethrower. And yeah, my, yeah, my wife's for, used to that too. <laughs> and and you're still married, so she's tolerated yeah. your ass for all these years and the crazy business we're in. She enjoys it, but doesn't want any part of it. <laughs> That's so funny. I think a lot of radio partners are that way. Well, let's you know in in your business, you've gone from uh, you know you worked in Long Island. You now mm-hmm. you said you're you're out of Dallas now, and mm-hmm. just give me some of the cities that you've been in in between. Well, the the. The main thing was back when I was started, I was in New York and I was in Albany, New York, but I I just hated the weather. So I went down to North Carolina to a really tiny station in North Carolina. And then back then the word was, if you didn't get to Charlotte, you're not getting out of the Carolinas. So I worked my way to WBT in Charlotte. And then uh, that's where I turned country. And one of my horror stories that I, I can bring up anytime is- Please, kinda, yeah. Well- we were, um, we, I guess this one is, we're kind of famous, is kind of infamous. I became part of Harmon and Evans in Charlotte. And at 9 a.m., I would jump in the uh, the station van and go visit any area of Charlotte and give away stuff and promote some small business. So I get back to the station with the van. And remember, it's like you, I'm in early 20s, something like that. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. So I get back in and Evans is sitting in the office and he looks at me and he says, I think we're in trouble. I said, really, we, what do we do? He says, well, and Evans is one of those voice guys. He can imitate anybody. I can't, but he can. So he says, well, a listener called and off the air, I gave him a car. And I said, (laughs) I said, what? (laughs) A listener called and off the air, he thinks we're the competition. So without hesitating, Scotty becomes the voice of the competitor, Bill Dollar. (laughs) And he says, you've won a brand new car. Come on down to the station and pick it up. Well, you know, the dude shows up at the other, the competitor and says, where, where's my car? And and the guys are like, no, no, no. You got to go over to the other station. It's not us. It's K97. And so I walk in and I said, well, I didn't hear that. He says, well, it all happened off the air. I said, 
I said, well, well, do you have a copy of the call? He says, yeah, it's on tape. I said, for God's sakes, go erase the tape. <laughs> Get out of here. What are you, crazy? So he disappears. The boss walks in, and he's trying to find Evans. And I said, well, I'm sure he's uh, working on a commercial, and he's busy, busy man, and all that crap. So anyway, two seconds later, he comes back, and he's got this reel of tape in his hand. And he goes, Evans and Lisa, our news guy, are suspended. You're on your own tomorrow. I'll get back to you. So what, ha- what happened was, instead of going in and erasing the call, he tried to edit it out, like with a razor blade. He was trying to take that one call out. And, of course, a week later, he got fired. <laughs> and, oh, no. Oh, yeah. And then so did Lisa. And then I get a... I got a new partner about seven days later. <laughs> I had a new guy sitting with me. I'm like, wow. who are you? But, Harm, that, but that was that was that early in the Harmon and Evans uh, adventures because you guys were yeah. together again after that, though. Yeah, that was the first time uh, okay. we, got, we got fired. But, That's uh, <laughs> a great story. Good God. Well, what happened was um, I got fired from there a year later. And uh, that's why I'm always appreciative of you. It seems like no matter when I've seen you, you're in the same city doing the same gig. And I'm always like, how did, how did you do that? But uh, <laughs> I got a call from uh, the boss in, in Dallas. And he says, hey, are you still talking to that Buckethead Evans? I said, yeah. He says, you want to work in Dallas? I said, when do you need me? I said, I'll be right there. <laughs> and the rest is history. That's where we made our mark, I guess. Wow. How long were you on the air in Dallas with uh, Harmon and Evans? We did 10 years straight, and then um, I went over to the Kid Craddock show, and then I went to KNIX in Phoenix. Whoops, I'm sorry. I don't know if that's me or you. I have no idea. I just heard a ding. Uh, it could have been an email coming in. I'm not really sure. Could have been. Okay. So so you worked with now Kid Craddock, in case you don't know, and most people listening, probably if, you, if you're a radio person, you absolutely know who Kid Craddock was. If you don't, then you don't. Uh, Kid Craddock was a legendary mm. uh, top 40 morning show host out of Dallas who unfortunately passed away five or more years ago. Um, just kind of amazing. Sudden, you know, he was still just, you know, cranking out the ratings, syndicated on dozens of stations. And, oh, uh, but he sure. died suddenly uh, a few years back. What did you do with Kid Craddock? Uh, I was his executive producer. Well, it's kind of funny. You know, he was my neighbor. So I really, he we knew of each other. But one day he came by and I was mowing the lawn. He says, what are you doing? I said, I'm mowing the lawn. He says, uh, do, you, do you want to come help me out? I need some help on my show. His executive producer and partner, uh, JB, had just left. I said, well, I can't talk on the air. He says, I don't need any help on the air. He says, I need help behind the scenes. And I showed up the next day and everything up until that point was forgotten in about an hour that I realized I had been had. I was not up to speed. He, within a week, I realized how, how much learning I had to catch up on. It was really, it was that amazing. Yeah. It's, it's something I'll never forget. Um, pretty, pretty special guy. And then, you know, I couldn't stay forever because uh, I was only making a hundred bucks a week. He said, "I'll pay you a hundred bucks a week." I said, "Okay." And uh, two years later, I was still making a hundred bucks a week. And at some point, your wife's you know really getting pissy. Yeah. <laughs> so I went back to uh, to work at KNIX in Phoenix. I did mornings there. And so you and I both spent some time in Phoenix. I was at uh, KZZP. Oh, um, I love, love that. In their- 
in their dying days. It was right after Bruce Kelly got fired. I replaced Bruce Kelly. Um, and if you ever replace anybody who's legendary in this business, people automatically hate you. Uh, <laughs> because it's kind of like you took away their best friend and now you're trying to be their best friend. And they're like, I don't like you. So how long were you in Phoenix and, w- and what years were that was that? Uh, KNIX was 97 to 99. And the quick story there, I mean, I have some horror stories anywhere. Anytime you want a horror story, just send up a flare. But (laughs) uh, I've got one from there. We were, we, it was, uh, Steve, we were number one there immediately. It was uh, the Buck Owens had bought the station for 65,000. And he had been making millions since 1968. We're number one. We got like a 10 or an 11 share, something crazy. And all of a sudden, the boss comes in and he's taking everybody into his room and they're coming out crying. And I'm like, I, they can't be firing people. We have a 10. It was worse than that. They'd sold the radio station to, I guess, Chancellor or Clear Channel for 150 million bucks. But the only oh. way it would, they let everybody go on the oh, station. Oh, wow. It was really dramatically awful. <laughs> you know, you and I then both got fired in Phoenix because I went to the Grand Canyon one weekend and I got a voicemail from my boss that said, will you call me? So I called him and his babysitter answered the phone and she's like, oh my God, it's Dave Ryan. Oh my God, I love your show. Oh God, I listen all the time. And I'm like, yeah, this is really great because I know your boss is called your, your, your babysitter, whatever is the guy that hired you is calling to fire me. So I was fired over the phone in Phoenix. So, oh no. Yeah. I would have preferred to have been fired over the phone and to face it because the GM, Larry Daniels, who had been there, like he was the bass player for the Buck Owens band. He was legendary and he's crying. And I'm like, well, he's crying. I'm thinking, why are you crying? I'm getting fired. Yeah, I want to cry. <laughs> God, no kidding. <laughs> I'll give you a good one from there. You ready? Yeah. So at KNIX in Phoenix, we set up this amazing listener come along to London to do the Abbey Road Crossing. And the Castles tour in a very special old wooden classic train, hotels, airport transportation. So about 40 of us, uh, my wife and I, my boss, and a bunch of listeners take off and we arrive. And there's nobody there to greet us. So that's the first sign of trouble. Then some dude shows up and says, the bus we're supposed to go on to the hotel has broken down. We're all going to have to carry our luggage to a train. Okay. So we're supposed to stay in this wonderful hotel close to the London Bridge. He tells us, all of us, the hotel is full and we're going to have to use another one. Well, now I'm getting suspicious because I'm cranky already. So probably you figured my wife and I didn't pay, but these listeners spent six to 8,000 bucks for this adventure. Oh, so yeah. I'm starting to get a little. So at the hotel, we get into our rather crummy room and I notice uh, the guy that we met is in the lobby and he says, everybody needs to come to the meeting. And he says this, they're uh, he's crying. His partner's crying. A lot of crying going on. <laughs> and he says, I'm sorry. The, the special wooden train that was supposed to take us around London and England has just been in a crash and is no longer available. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, oh, a, wow. it was a scam. So, so the whole thing, you got scammed from start to end on this. Yes. So I talked to my boss. I said, what do you want to do? I said, this is crazy. And he says, well, you want to fly everybody back? So what we did, we got two buses and rented them and did the rest of the week, including the Abbey Road Crossing with the listeners. My boss is out five grand. The listeners are really unhappy and they sued the company in charge. But guess what? 
the company that was in charge of the travel, they went out of business two days after we got there and disappeared and took all the money. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got to do the Beatles road crossing, though. You did so. You did do the Abbey Road crossing. Oh yeah, yeah, it was cool. Which is pretty cool. Well, let let me let me you know like it's kind of like a little say, take a little sidetrack here. Sure. What are some of the cool things? I mean, that's a really cool thing that you've done in radio. We get to do a lot of cool things. I mean, you know, some people might say I got to ride on an elephant. That was really cool. Okay, that's nothing. When you hear about some of the stuff, I got to fly with the Blue Angels. I got to fly <gasps> with the Thunderbirds. And oh, how cool! It was very cool. So tell me, Steve, about some of the cool things that radio has let you do. Um, uh, in your years in the business? Pretty much everything. Yeah. I, and I say that, uh, I mean, if it was something cool, we probably, there's, we've broadcast from every Disney World, Disneyland. We got a syndicated show because of it and got to talk with every country star, much like you talk with your people. I mean, they become people you talk to on your cell phone. Like you'll, you'll get a text from somebody. Like, let's say, let's, I'm going to use the name Garth because that's a good name to drop. You know? <laughs> Hey, listen, we're coming in Monday. Can we come on the show? And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, sure. You're yeah, probably- okay, sure. <laughs> I think, I think that'd be a good idea. I think my boss would say, yeah. So, but name it. I mean, honestly, uh, I would say the biggest thing, this is goofy, but I became part of the multiple sclerosis because my sister has MS. I became part of the MS 150 bike ride. Uh, in the early 90s, and that led me to join a bicycle club, and to this day, we still ride, but that's how I met my wife. She was the treasurer for the club, and so I I guess the best thing was it, it helped me meet my wife. It's a great answer, Steve. It's a really, that actually, that is really cool. You know what is funny? Because, you know, you and I could talk for hours about meeting people and meeting dates on the oh, request sure. line, and uh, I met probably my first 10 girlfriends on the request line when I was in my early 20s. And, um, you know, especially when you're working the all night show and you got nothing to do. So you find somebody who's friendly and you kind of keep them on the phone. Then pretty soon you you, you arrange to meet. And, um, you know, sometimes the meetings, you know, she's disappointed in how you look or you're disappointed or you're wowed by how she looks or whatever. But, um, you know, uh, meeting people through radio. Yeah, that's how I met my wife, too. But this is that right? Know, yeah, we, she was the hostess at a bar we were doing a broadcast from. And the boss, basically, who was a real playboy, he was married. He said, if you don't date her, I'm going to date her. <laughs> and, and, and he wasn't kidding. He totally would have, too. Um, so now, here we are all these years. That was 1986, and here we are married with two wow. kids. Wow. So, oh, that's great, though. That's yeah. a great story. You know, there is – have you ever talked to Mercedes? Do you know Mercedes out of Vegas? Vegas? Yes. Did you ever talk to her about how she met her husband? He was called no. 10. No shit, really. Yes, he was calling 10, and they've been together ever since, and he's he's just wonderful. That's luck, because most of the time, you are not you are being very kind, because most nine out of 10 times, whoever you're talking to is not looking like you thought. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I, I think I, I've learned over the years that it, that is true, and it kind of goes both ways. You know, I think sometimes oh, yeah. when they look at me and they go, oh, you sound so... I, I had a girl come into the radio station one time. I was probably 18 years old and I had terrible skin and I was very shy and awful glasses. And uh, I was standing behind the receptionist desk and this girl that I'd been talking to comes in to pick up a prize. And I was not going to say, hey, I'm Dave Ryan because I knew she'd be disappointed. And she goes, I want to meet Dave Ryan. The receptionist oh. points at me and goes, there's Dave Ryan. And she goes, you're Dave Ryan? And I'm like, 
you. <laughs> I never heard. I never heard from her again. That was it. And so, out the door. <laughs> out the door. Crazy yeah. listener story. Do you have any crazy listener stories about somebody who took something too far, or complained, or sued the radio station, or you just run with it? Whatever, whatever your next story is, Steve. We are here to listen. Oh, you want more? Oh, I got plenty. Oh, um, oh just- yeah. Pick a city. <laughs> Tell me what city you wanted from. Okay, we had a. Uh, this is back in Charlotte. We had one of those free giveaways with the chest of keys, and the listeners show up and they take a key and try to start the car and win it. But things are going very well. We're on the air. As a matter of fact, we get down to fifty listeners from ninety nine. We get down to forty. We get down to thirty. We're down to twenty. Down to ten listeners. Oh, no. It's everybody's excited. It's insane. My GM walks over. And says, well, how's it going? And he said, we're down to 10 to start the car. He looks at me and he says, puts his hand in his pocket. He goes, I have the key in my pocket. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I, I didn't throw up, but it was it was close. And I said, now shut up. Just shut up and back up. So we let everybody go through. And I said, look, somebody didn't put that key in right. We got to do it again. Everybody throw your keys back in the chest. And then the boss slipped in the one. We get a winner, winner, chicken dinner, and somebody won. But that was, I can still feel sick when I think about it when he put his hand in the pocket because he came like an hour late. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know, and I know that had that been your fault, Steve, you would have caught hell for it. But the oh, general manager, gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the general manager can get away with things like that. Um, I, I heard a story one time. Well, I don't want to blow it, it's, but it's about another car giveaway. And uh, there's a lot of giveaways that kind of just don't go well or events or promotions that don't go well. Oh you know, God. our big KWB concert that didn't go well was, again, I'm not going to make these my stories, but uh, as an example, the big um, Last Chance Summer Dance concert where the headliner, the Backstreet Boys, canceled. And uh, we had a bunch of 14-year-old girls who'd been in the hot sun since noon. It's now 9 p.m. And we had to get on stage. The Backstreet Boys were not coming. So any events come to mind, any events or concerts or things that went south really quickly? Oh, my gosh. So many, so many little things. But um, we, uh, I, would, I don't know if I mentioned that I was the executive producer on the Paul and Young Ron show in Miami for about six or seven years because Paul's probably my best buddy. And now, that, was uh, huge, that was a huge show in Miami, yes. Paul and Young Ron. Are yep. they still on in Miami? Young Ron retired. Paul's still going. Okay. Just signed uh, with iHeart, I guess, another five years. So Okay, good, good. So we had this monstrous boat giveaway, and it's set on a Saturday. It's 95 degrees. we got a band playing. Our listeners are there for hours and hours. People are getting a bit ticked off that we waited so long. So finally, Paul gets on the stage, the boat's behind him. It's a start the engine boat giveaway, that kind of thing, Dave. So, you know, he's he's up there just playing, and he sort of nonchalantly says, oh, wouldn't it be funny if the first guy starts the engine <laughs> after we've been here for four hours in the heat? <laughs> Tell me what happened, Dave. Go ahead, finish the story. I'm going to guess the first key, the first guy started the engine. <laughs> first guy started the engine, oh. wins the boat. 104 people are still out there, and they're going to kill us. This is a rock oh. show. These aren't the nice, friendly country people. These are people that they wanted to kill us, but we escaped. 
and I think we got out alive. I'm not really sure. <laughs> the guy legitimately was the first. He really yes. legitimately won it. Yes, yes. But there was nothing funnier because Paul came late because he didn't want to spend three hours in 95 degree weather. And offhand, wouldn't it suck if the first person starts the engine? Boom. <laughs> wow. And that was it. Um, so... You know, you meet so many cool people in the business and, you know, people like, you know, Paul is now one of your best friends. And I know Paul yeah. um, uh, and he is a great guy. Um, and there's a funny thing about radio is we're, we're a very incestuous business. You know, if there's a big show in Denver, you and I have heard about it. If there's a big show in Seattle, you and I have heard about it. And chances are we know each other. So, you know, if you go to, you know, if you meet somebody and you go, oh, you're from Seattle, I'll bet you heard, have heard of so-and-so. And BJ they'll be Shea. like, yeah, yeah, BJ Shea, who's another legendary town. That guy has got to have some stories. I got to get hooked up with him. Oh my gosh! You better. You got, is it all right to cuss? Because you're going to need some buttons. BJ is one of those guys that when you're on a panel with him, we do this. You know, uh, uh, Steve knows these uh, uh, conferences um, that we do. That um, uh, basically all the DJs that want to come in the country. It's called Morning Show Boot Camp. And, uh, and so if, you know, we break out into panels and you're on a panel for like, you know, women in radio or producers or being creative or whatever your panel is, uh, and there's certain people that you don't want to be in a panel with. And BJ is one of them because he is so funny that you might as well set your microphone down because he's going to dominate the panel in a good way. You're absolutely right. Especially if he, there's a couple of stories he'll say every now and then, and they're at least eight minutes long and the panel is <laughs> only going to be 30. So you're screwed. <laughs> funny. And but, I love him like a brother. Don't, don't get me wrong. I would tell him to his kind, face. One so. of the kindest people ever. Yes, yeah. And uh, just, and that's, don't you think that's true about most radio people? They're really just, you know, we we're in radio for, for some kind of deep seated reason that we like to make other people happy. And I think those are the best radio people is that deep down inside, one of the reasons we're so good and have lasted so long is because we really enjoy making other people happy. Do you think that, I mean, have you experienced that, that 95 radio people are, are just wonderful people? I, I especially do because, you know, I worked for a premiere for 18 years with Bitboard. I don't know if you remember Bitboard. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. So I had like 400 shows, 450 shows. I got to know everybody. And the funny thing was, I guess I've never said this out loud. I want to see how it sounds. But the ones that weren't kind, the ones that really in their heart weren't really good people, they just sort of disappear. It's like a natural filter where by the time, especially if you're a lifer like us, I guess it's okay to call you that, but um, the people that we hang with, they're people we love like brothers and sisters. And it's not fake. It's really true. I think that's true. I think there's some radio people that have faked being nice. And after mm -hmm. a while, um, uh, you know, it kind of leaks out and uh, listeners catch on and the industry catches on that they're really genuinely not nice people. We're all a little bit quirky. I think that all of us, you know, especially where we all are, you know, um, very, uh, I I'm paranoid, for example, that somebody's going to come along and do way better than I am. So I'm, you know, paranoia has served me well. And that's why, you know, I'm still humming after all these years, one of the reasons, but as far as like, you know, and I don't want to get too negative, What's that? I, uh, you know, as far as like crazy people that you worked with or monster bosses that you worked with, does that spark any memories, monster bosses or crazy people that were just impossible? They're, yes, and I can't mention their name because I'm sure they're going to listen to this. 
but they'll right. know they'll know who they are. Egg, right? They know who they are, right? <laughs> but I will Don't. tell you, I'll tell you this part. All all I have to say is the garbage can that flew across the studio and hit Evans in the face. They'll know who that is. That was our news our news guy somewhere in our past long ago. So all, he got angry or threw a tantrum or something and threw a garbage can across the studio. Well, I don't want to throw everybody under the bus, but I will say he has, he had, uh, he was a, a, a Vietnam vet and had some anger issues. Mm, and, okay. You know, but we don't know that. He just sounds beautiful. He does a great newscast until about the second hour. And then, then stuff started flying and poor Evans got it right in the noggin. Wow. I've never heard, you know, I'm glad you had fast reflexes. I've never heard of anybody getting hurt while on the air, but I do know a couple of DJs in Las Vegas. um, uh, They got into a fight in the lobby and one of them pushed the other one through the lobby front window. No. Yeah. Um, (laughs) About as bad as I heard as far as violence. So yeah, violence uh, doesn't get a lot of press. No. uh -uh. So what about that? Tell me about the worst press, if there's anything that comes to mind, worst press that you ever got or the worst thing that the biggest trouble you got into, or I don't want to lead you down a path, Steve, you got your own stories, but if that, if that sparks a memory. Um, I think, I think early on I learned how to, how to be good about stuff. I'll, I'll tell you this one. I'll tell you a story with some Good press, bad press, I don't know. You you decide. So it's KPLX Dallas. We're the new morning show. We're just in from Charlotte. And we're talking with the big bosses about how to make a splash. You know, a, how do we get into the market? And it's funny, you were mentioning before, I don't think I've ever not gotten a job until the big guy that I, whose place I, I took his place. And this was a guy named Dorsey. So somebody says, well, why don't you two sit in every seat in Texas Stadium, the home of the Cowboys? And we're like, sure, because we've never been there. There's 65,000 seats at about a penny or so, each seat going to a charity. So the TV cameras are there and the newspapers, back when newspapers were a thing, to kick it off. And we figure, you know, when they leave, we'll be able to kind of find a way to go fast here. Because each of those seats has a metal armrest between each seat. So you got to actually sit and then get up. you got to well, lift yourself up. You can't slide. Exactly. So we're doing that for like the first 15 minutes. Well, the TV cameras never leave. They're making this a big deal. They want to be there for the four, five, and six o'clock news. I'm like, holy mother, we're screwed. So we're still going. But after 6 p.m., we get a break and are literally in pain. So I say to the guys, I said, look, the rules are we have to sit in each seat. What if we expand our butts? with foam and then we can slide across the top like you just said so they went and found foam and we made our butts about three feet wide and deep so that we could slide across all the way down it took us 48 hours oh and then we had to go to chiropractors and we had to take some painful it really maybe the dumbest thing Ever. And then they wanted us to do it again. It was like, we should do this annually. It's a great thing. Let's do this. Again. And I'm like, get the heck out of here. So, you know, that, it, but did it work, Steve? Did it get you, did it make a splash? Did people talk about you guys? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I do have one quickie, and this one I've never told anybody, but I'll tell you. Okay. So it's a TV camera. They want to do the morning shows. They do five shows, one each morning, uh, the life of a morning show disc jockey kind of thing. And so they, uh, they call and tell us what day. So I call my friend Larry North, who runs a gym. And I said, can you get people there at four o'clock? Because I'm going to bring the TV cameras in and I want you to act like I'm there every day at four o'clock before I go on the air. So I get the cameras and they come into the house. They catch you getting out of bed and having coffee and looking around. And then I go to the gym and I walk in the gym with the cameras and everybody's like, hey, Harmon, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Get in there and pump away. All right. And to this day, there are people that think that that's what I was doing at four in the morning. But actually, I had never been in the gym of my life. I just called him and said, let me borrow your gym. Oh, oh <laughs> that that's was a good awesome. one. That's uh, that, no it worked out well. Worked out well. You know, it's funny. You know what that story reminds me of is, is, you know, you and I have been in the business long enough that every year or two, the local TV station would do a series on mm-hmm. the life of the local morning radio people. And they don't do it anymore. Um, you know, TV stations don't seek us out anymore to say, Hey, let's see what Dave Ryan's morning is like, and then do a competitor for the rest of the week. What do you think radio has done or what's different that has made people lose interest in some of the things about radio that way? Um, or am I wrong? Maybe I've got the wrong impression and maybe TV stations just haven't called me, but (laughs) that's their mistake. Then, I mean, from your perspective, what has radio done differently or what's different that we were so interesting 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And now is it because we are competitive with TV stations or what do you think? Any thoughts I, on that? I, I really do think you probably hit it on the head. I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's rare. And, I, and it's really silly because... We each have separate listeners. There are people watching TV or not in the car listening. It would be nice if everybody got to know each other. And especially if you're in a market like you are for so long, you know all these guys. It must be, it could be such a, a great conversation with the, uh, with the anchor and stuff or whoever's hosting the morning show. But the other thing is a lot of them go on the air at four now. And I mean, that is, oh, yeah. I mean, that's before uh, two hours before me. That's yeah, that is crazy because I get up and I watch the morning news while I'm getting ready and you know, like exactly. brushing your teeth or whatever. And yeah, these guys get up at two o'clock in the morning, which no thanks. Are you going uh, in now or do you are you working from home? How do you handle it? I work from home for a week and the delay in the signal, the digital signal through Too the much. internet was so bad. It yeah. just didn't work. You know, it was one of those things where I would say something you know, outrageously funny, Steve, (laughs) there'd be, you know, what happens. There's like a three second lag. (laughs) Then I'd get a laugh. But by the time they laughed, I'd already thought the joke failed. So I'd move on to my next thought and then get interrupted by So I we're back in the studio, you know what? We've been safe and distant (laughs) and we're doing our best. So yeah, Yeah, I'm hoping next year we get back in studios. We're in the same boat here, just trying to trying to make but what has happened in the positive side we've uh, increased our knowledge of working from home to a point where maybe they're, maybe they're not going to bring us back ever maybe they'll just say okay great do it in your bedroom that's fine with me 
Yeah, it's crazy. Well, let me ask you this one. You yeah. know what? I mean, you and I, you've been doing this since you were 16. I started when I was 16. Lots of changes. Um, give me a good change in the business and a bad change in the business, and then we'll wrap things up. The, the And I think I was there on the early days that you kind of hinted at earlier. Syndication, uh, much not necessarily mine. I'm on. I'm not saying I'm on the bigger stations, but I'm on a lot of stations. But when kids show, when Kid Craddock started showing up on fifty, then sixty, then seventy, and what I learned back then was you got to be on thirty or forty to make any money. I didn't know that, and it's a lot of work because a lot of there are different time zones and whatnot. And I think I learned that it was possible to have a show that is not from your city come in and beat you if you didn't work hard. And I think maybe that may be the bigger changes. You can't, you can't coast. There's no coasting. You are either a superstar or you're looking for work. I think that's true. And I think that's, you know, you, here's you all these years later and me all these years later, and we're still, you know, chugging along and doing well yeah. because we've, we've never had a problem working hard. I mean, here it is on a Sunday and I'm doing a podcast for basically it's for the radio station for iHeart. I don't own any of this podcast. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that's true. That is true because this, the, all the stuff that we do is owned by the company. It's theirs. And I always tell my wife, well, it's on its way to Mars. Whatever happens, fine. I'm done. I'm worried about tomorrow at six already. I gotcha. Steve, any final thoughts, anything that you want to bring up or a story we missed or you go, oh yeah, that reminds me anything like that before we wrap up. Nah, enough of me. Enough of me. That's uh, I'm, I, I get tired of talking about myself after about you know a day or two. But I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> after thirty minutes. <laughs> I want to thank you though. Today is Sunday as we record this, and it's your day off. I'm not sure if you're working next week or not, but here you are, you know, with a love of radio so much, and uh, and you you know volunteered forty five minutes of your time to talk and and get set up, and I really appreciate it. Look, as soon as uh, you're the kind of guy, I don't care what you need, I'll be here and I'll do it. It doesn't matter what it is. And if you want me to just yak about how close I came to being arrested many times, well, that's fine. Good God, you came close to being arrested. No. I Oh, okay. look at the time. For God's sake, <laughs> we have got to go here. But I'll catch up with you again, and I'll get you some friends uh, if you want more. If you decide to do more of these, i got people with worse stories than I got. That's I would love to, love to set them up. Good luck topping Steve's stories. Hey, Steve Harmon, uh, where can we find you? Give me a like. Uh, I mean, we can hear you on Westwood One, but that doesn't mean anything to most people. Um, uh, w- do you have a website or do you have a, is there a podcast you do or anything like that? If if you go to most Nash, Nash FMs, I probably am the guy doing the mornings on the Nash FMs. Yeah. If you go like Nash FM and put in a city, it's probably going to be me. Very cool. That Steve cool. Harmon. Thanks. Thank you, Dave Ryan. Thanks so much for your time, man. I hope I see you at the next morning show boot camp or trip. I to hope Disney. we have one. Love to you, brother. Thank you for everything and happy new year. Hey, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. By the way, I've been accumulating new chapters for book two and I've been taking little notes in my phone for the past few years because this current book is like four or five years old now. So I've been taking notes on chapter ideas and I counted them up today and I compiled them all. And I've got almost a whole book full of new chapter ideas. So this could happen sooner than I thought. Book two. I just got to think of a clever name for it. Anyway, I'll work on that another time. 
Thank you for listening. Let me know whether you enjoy this series or not. Send an email to Dave Ryan at kwb.com. If you're a radio person and you want me to talk to you, send me an email. Love to get you on. It's easy. I don't have to come to your house. We do it all remotely. But, you know, I would like to come over and maybe we could um, do a little grilling or something. Or maybe you could make chili. I'm just saying I like sour cream and onions with the scoops and shredded cheese. Okay, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And we'll see you next week.